everyone. Thank you for joining Lori Haywood Mains with this podcast and or broadcast. We are starting a new series. Please call your friends, your parents, your children. Uh, pass this information along. This series is going to be a life changer for all eternity. And I kid you not. It is, again, the the power of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, why we need it today, and how we can keep the enemy out of our families. Um, we are going to start today on this first broadcast with the Old Testament, some information of the priests and priesthood, because the Old Testament is a foreshadow of our Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, meaning <clears throat> that um, the Old Testament priests is what Jesus came and fulfilled in the New Testament and is now today for all eternity. He is our high priest in the book of Hebrews. I encourage you to read that book. It is full of the uh, high priest um, covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ. So this is a very, very powerful broadcast. I dare you to get it. I dare you to listen to it and I dare you to live it. You will never, ever, ever regret that. It would be one of the wisest decisions you could ever make in your life is to learn about the blood of Jesus Christ. It is an eternal subject, not to be exhausted. There is absolutely no one on this earth that can exhaust this subject. So this is an eternal value. Most of the things that I teach are eternal. But this, this topic is eternal to the point that um, you really must know it. it. It is that important in many different levels, okay? The, the kingdom of God is not just one level. It's deeper levels, wider, however you want to say it. This is an eternal subject and cannot be exhausted. There is no beginning and there is no end. I can share with you how the Holy Spirit has shared it with me and how he's going to share it with all of us now. So <clears throat> with that, we open up and say thank you in Jesus' name. We give this floor to you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for giving yourself for us. We thank you for shedding your blood. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for um, anointing, ministering, and opening up our understanding and our capacity to take this in so we can live it and share it and set us and your people free and get those ones that aren't saved out there in the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Amen. So with that, we just had about a, I don't know, three-minute uh, introduction. So we're going to be about another 20 minutes today. Uh, and that's about all it's going to take to introduce the Old Testament. So <clears throat> what we're talking about here is in, in Leviticus uh, 16, um, in the Old Testament, um, it talks about the priesthood, okay, and, and Aaron being the high priest. I'm, I'm going to read that uh, one time during this series with you and probably interrupt and talk a little bit about it. But <clears throat> um, what I want to share with you is that um, what we're talking about is, is um, when Jesus died on that cross and shed, shed his blood, he became our everlasting eternal high priest. And um, so he fulfilled the Old Testament priesthood. Um, and that's what we're looking at. And that's why it's so important to understand that um, 
we are going back to the priesthood that God designed, uh, not man. God designed this. So let's let's look a little bit at the priesthood. So um, the definition of a priest is one authorized to perform sacred rites of religion. Okay, it's a mediator between uh, man and uh, God. That's what the priesthood was for in the Old Testament is he was a mediator between God and Israel. Um, God birthed the nation of Israel in Egypt and brought them out into the promised land and, um, the, and assigned um, to them the um, priesthood, which was um, at that time uh, was the uh, Levites. But let me let me go on. We're gonna we're gonna. I'm getting ahead of myself, which is easy to do with this topic. So um, they they did have. I'm just gonna brief some bullet points, some things for the ones that really know about this. Melchizedek was king of Salem. He was a priest of God. Moses's father-in-law, as we know, Jethro was a priest of Midian, and there were priests among the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. Okay, there was also false priests, but we're not gonna get into that because see. Um, the enemy always has um, his uh, counterfeits. So what God was doing, then Satan mimics, okay? It's kind of like, um, <laughs> you know, I, I may have this wrong, so forgive me, but it's kind of like Apple developing the phone, and then everybody else develops their phone. So it's not that that's bad, but with God and Satan, it is bad. So God would do something, and then Satan would counterfeit it but in a evil way okay i hope that made sense i'm not against any companies i, I love iphones i have it so apple so um i'm just was using that as an example i hope it helped <laughs> i didn't get any trouble for that okay so at mount sinai uh, god designated aaron and his his descendants to serve as priests okay that's in exodus and numbers and um, all priests, all priests, underline, were always Levites. But every Levite, they were not a priest, okay? But if you were going to be a priest, you had to be a Levite. And then they had some basic um, uh, priestly duties, if you will. Um, let's see, they had uh, the qualifications. Here we go. We'll go into that first. They had to be male they had to be a descendant of Aaron with a document, documented lineage. They had to be between 30 and 50 years old. They must be unblemished, meaning not uh, lame, or they could not be blonde. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> okay, so must have a proper marriage, not to, not to be married to a harlot, not to be married to a divorced woman, and not to be married to a widow other than a priest widow. And uh, that's an Ezekiel. And the high priest, oh, and then now we're into the high priest, and he must marry a virgin of his own people, must have no uncleanliness, such as leprosy and so forth, must have an untrimmed beard, but well kept, and must be properly dressed. And that's in Exodus and Ezekiel, and uh, and also in Leviticus. Um, so, so here we go, the duties of the priest. And then we'll go to the duties of the high priest, but there's not too many, and I'm not going to get into it in detail. They had to teach the people, serve as judges to resolve controversy, offer sacrifices, burn incense, bless the people, bless God, keep the tabernacle, take care of the altar, 
uh, the lamps and the showbread, prepare holy things each day's journey, continue the sacred fire and blow the trumpets and assesses impurity. And then the high priest duties, also called the chief priests, they were leaders over all the other priests, okay, and that was considered their house. And Aaron served as the first high priest, uh, and then Aaron's son um, replaced him as high priest when he passed away. Uh, let's see, the position of the high priest continued through the time, now listen to this, the, con the position of the high priest continued through the time of Christ, Matthew 26, 3, and apparently to the time of the destruction of the temple by the Romans in 70 AD. Ah, some interesting information. It went all the way into the New Testament. So some of the duties of the high priest were direct the work of all their priests and Levites, inquire of the Lord themselves, consecration of the priests, maintain the golden candle stand with its fire, burning the incense daily in a special way on the Day of Atonement, and offering sacrifices on the Day of Atonement, and that's in Hebrews and Leviticus. So that's just a little bit of a, you know, bullet point um, uh, <clears throat> understanding of um, the high priests in the Old Testament and Leviticus, and, uh, and um, what they had to do, and ages, and gender, and so forth. I'm going to show you a picture, but for you guys that are on a podcast, I'll kind of explain it out. Um, this is the next picture is going to be a picture of the actual um, temple. Uh, let me see if I can get this straight. So bear with me. These are just my my little teaching notes. Uh, there we go. Okay, so it's about the size of a football field uh, in in in. Um, the temple where the temple sits in they have a fence around it and what you have here is you have the oh gosh sorry i should i should have grabbed my pen here okay this isn't fox news guys okay this is the brazen altar here here's out here's the camp that's where all the people are okay but this is where the priests and the high priests congregate so the brazen altar where they did burnt offerings right here you have the brazen laver right here where the water basin. They have the golden candle, the, the golden candle lamp stand inside the tent. And that would be in the Holy of Holies. They had to go through the veil now to get into there. You had the <clears throat> table of shoebread, and that was on this side over here. And they had the table of incense was here in the middle. And then you had the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the most holy place. And then <clears throat> this little puff of smoke, or if you will, was uh, a replica. Uh, it was the presence of the Lord coming down when the priest was in the most holy place. And then again, this is the camp, and and then outside the camp. Okay, so that's just kind of a a picture if you've never seen it, um, how that all looks. Oh my gosh, if I could just get that straight. Don't give me a grade, please. Uh, oh, and then that this guy here is um, the high priest, and this is the clothing of a high priest, and I, I don't have time to get into all that, nor it, it's just not necessary right now. I hope that helps. I love visuals. I'm a, When I learn, I, I have to hear, see, and do. <laughs> 
So that's how I learn. I don't, I don't like just to be um, talked to, which I can learn that way, but I'm much better when I can participate or, and or um, see visual with it. So that's how I teach. I give visuals. So <clears throat> I'm sure I have some people out there that that, that, that blessed. <laughs> so, okay, so what we're going to get into right now is, let me get, I covered up my note here. Where is, oh, here it is. Okay, so, excuse me, we're going to go into <clears throat> Leviticus 16, and this will be the only time I do this during this series. Uh, we're laying a foundation today, all right? Very important that you hear this foundation. It gives you an idea of what's going on. Uh, if you want to get into it deeper, I know there's a lot of people out there that could probably present this a whole lot deeper, but this is the way the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, has told me to deliver it, okay? So, in Leviticus 16, I'm going to read and probably interrupt. So, at that time, Governor Pilate was under rule of uh, Tiberius. And, um, <clears throat> let's see, um, I'm going to start in verse 3. Uh, the Day of Atonement is what we're looking at. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. So the sin offering, <clears throat> what that was for was the sin offering was for himself and for his house. But we're going to get into that. And then the ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash, and with the linen turban he shall be attired. These are the holy garments. So what they had to do is they had to change out of their street clothes, and they had to get into their holy linen, linen tunics. They had to wear linen on the Day of Atonement. Therefore, he shall wash his body first, and then he'll put them on. He shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. Okay? So Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering. This is what I was saying previously in verse 3. Which is for himself and make atonement for himself and for his house. So Aaron the high priest, and at this time was Aaron, they would daily do this, okay? They would daily take a bull as a sin offering and present it to the Lord and to cover the sins for themselves and for the priests, and that was called their house. So then they would begin, after that, they would begin the next uh, narrative for that day and this particular day i believe it's the 10th day um was the day of atonement and we'll get into that of what that is so from there he let's see where was i from there he shall take two goats aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering excuse me which is for himself and make atonement for himself and for his house then he shall take two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now remember that picture I showed you the, the, right here? So um, 
there's the door. So they would take this to the door and they would present these two goats. Um, they would actually turn them around and they would have them face the people. Um, let me find my place. Here we go. Um, he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats. One lot for the Lord and, let's see, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. So from there, the, what they would do, I'm just going to go back and talk about that, is Aaron would present these two goats and turn them to face the people, and they would cast lots, and the one that would fall would be used as a sin offering inside the tabernacle, which would go into eventually the holy of holies and the most holy place. And the other one that the 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 uh, lot fell on would be the scapegoat and they would take a red sash and tie that around the horn of that goat i believe it was the right horn but we'll come to it and that would mark the scapegoat and we'll explain what that scapegoat is as i read this okay so from there the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the lord to make atonement upon it and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. We'll get into that. <clears throat> and Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself. Then he shall take the censer full of coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, with his hands full of sweet incense, and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord and the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony lest he die okay I want to show you what he's talking about in that little picture remember I was talking about that little smoke coming out of the most holy place um, that is what they're talking about the um, the the high priest would come in with this censer full of um, coals and incense and and they would uh, create a if you will um uh, you know just a cloud of smoke if you will if you can see somebody smoking or a fire that's producing a lot of smoke and what that would do is that would cover the mercy seat and that would allow god to come down and um fill the most holy place with his presence and it wouldn't kill anybody so it was kind of like a filter so, it, so the Lord was always trying to protect people, but everybody thinks, um, except for you guys, that God was always trying to kill everybody. He really wasn't. That was actually a protection and a filter. So I hope I explained that right, because going back and forth from this Old Testament and, and then into to me um, explaining it, 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 I hope I'm not confusing you, but I think it's coming out all right. So... From there, he shall take the censer full of the burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, and with his hands the full 
of sweet incense beaten fine and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, and the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. He shall take some of the blood of the bull, that's the bull for him and his priests. We're, we've, we've gone back to that. They've, they've uh, killed the bull, and they've taken the blood, and now they're bringing, the high priest Aaron is bringing it into the most holy place okay so he had to have the incense he had to create this um, smoke and then the lord comes down with his presence and then there's more of a cloud of glory and now aaron can go in and he'll have protection so he shall the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony lest he die he shall take some of the blood of the bull sprinkle it with his fingers on the mercy seat on the east side, I believe seven times, yes, before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle the blood seven times with his fingers. And then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. So now he's going to go back out and he's going to take the, the goat for the sin offering that was for the Lord. Not the scapegoat, but this, the other goat, the sin offering goat, which is for the people now, but it's for the Lord so that the high priest can get forgiveness for the, from the Lord for the people. So then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, bring his blood inside the veil, do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat again seven times. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanliness of the children of Israel because of their transgressions for all their sins so he can do so he shall do for the tabernacle of the meeting which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanliness there shall be no man in that tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make that atonement in the holy place until he comes out that he may make atonement for himself his household for the assembly of Israel then when that's all done he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull, some of the blood of the goat, and he put it on the horns of the altar all around. There's four horns around that altar. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his fingers seven times to cleanse it, consecrate it from the uncleanliness of children of Israel. When he has made an end of the atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle, the altar, then he shall bring the live goat, which was the scapegoat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of that live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat, and shall send it into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man, the goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhibited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. So I'm going to go back and bullet point that is once he once he t he uh, cleanses himself and his priests, and then he takes the, from the bull the sin offering, the daily task. Then he goes into the 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 ritual on the tenth day. I believe this was the ninth month, but don't quote me. He goes in once a year for the for the atonement of the sins of Israel. 
And, and also during this time, these people had to fast, I believe for 24 hours. And they had to kind of get into a mourning state. They had to be aware that they had sinned and that they needed forgiveness from the Lord. So it wasn't like this big party, like the Jubilee. This was actually a somber time for them. And so, um, uh, they, so then the high priest at that time, Aaron would take the, the, um, the goat that the lot fell on for the sins and he, they would kill that, take that blood, bring that in and repeat that narrative of sprinkling the, um, the, uh, altar with the blood and then he took both of the bowls of blood from the bull and the goat and came out and put it on the altar of the horns. Okay. So then from there, um, uh, and, and the, he, of course, he cleansed the whole tabernacle and, and all the vessels from the uncleanliness of the sins of Israel. And then from there, um, they laid the hands on, that's right, they laid the hands on the scapegoat and they confessed the sins of the people on that scapegoat and that scapegoat would be led out of the city by the high priest and then sometimes he would have an appointed man, he would meet and hand off that scapegoat to that man and he would lead him out, possibly uh, take that uh, scapegoat with that red cloth tied around the horn uh, representing blood um, and, and that goat would go off the cliff, I believe. And, um, I believe that cloth represented the blood. Excuse me. I don't ever want to say something that, you know, I could be wrong. Um, or they would let it out, out into the wilderness and it would just run and, you know, eventually starve to death. Um, and so the, uh, the replica or the foreshadowing of that with Jesus is that that scapegoat was innocent and um, it had to take the iniquities and the sins of Israel upon it and um, take it out into the wilderness. And basically that was an annihilation for those sins for the year. And um, we'll get into more of that um, as we get into this series. Um, I can't get into everything in detail because there's just too much, as you guys all know. But I can cover what I'm covering. So from there, we will come back. Then Aaron shall come into the tabernacle meeting, shall take off his garments that he put on when he went into the holy place, and he shall leave. He shall wash his body with water in the holy place, and then he'll put on his garments and out and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make atonement for himself and for the people. The fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar, and he who released the goat, as I had mentioned, as the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe, and afterwards may come into the camp. And the bull for sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, the first two narratives, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp. Remember I showed that picture that here's the camp, and then outside the camp. So they would take the that flesh, that skin, and um, they would take that outside uh, the, the, the um, also the... Uh, um, the dung, and then they would take that outside the camp and they would burn it, okay? And then uh, whoever burns all that, he has to bathe in water and, 
and before he can come back into the camp because it's all um, a uh, understanding of sin and they had to wash all that away it wasn't approved by the Lord so yes this this was recognized every seventh month on the tenth day and um, I believe um, we covered um, most of what I wanted to cover um, I want to see if there's anything I missed I don't believe so we are Oh, shoot, we're, we're in perfect timing. This is 28 minutes. So that's what I have for you guys today. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Um, it's good stuff, isn't it? <laughs> this is just, like I said, the foundation. Wait till we get into it. We're going to get into Christ our scapegoat and then uh, the lamb uh, tomorrow. And then after that, we're going to get into about uh, 18 reasons of why do we need the blood of Jesus um, as Christians. And so that's really going to be cool. And that's going to be day three. So thank you for joining. I hope you share this because it is a, um, uh, uh, it is a good uh, foundation piece to have in your library and to share with people to get started in that direction. So we just thank you for joining. You guys, you just have a great day.